Welcome to Timberwolves, the podcast. It's a variety show about our favorite team, hosted by myself and my brother. I'm Neil. I'm Scott. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's our inaugural episode. Woo! Whoa, episode one. We have some audience and stuff in the house. Episode one is happening. New beginnings. episode 100 of Wolves Cast, the show where Lawler's Law is in effect. It's hosted by myself and my brother, I'm Neil. And I'm Scott. Yes, it's the show formerly known as Timberwolves the Podcast. For the 100th time, I'm Scott. Oh, you should know it by now. I've said it right. 100 times now. Yeah, what if people didn't know already? What if people didn't know our names already? You know, like, who? Who are these guys? For the next 100 episodes, the <laughs> intro is going to be changed to, it's hosted by, you know who it's hosted you by. No, we're not saying Thanks for tuning anymore. in. This is episode 101. There are no new listeners. Everyone here knows the deal. You know, after 100 episodes, we still haven't thought of cool nicknames. That was the thing. Season one. Hmm. Back when we were the Timberwolves, the podcast, I was like, we need to have handles, man. We gotta, we gotta have some catchy names. We gotta be brands, radio names, right? And then Jesus and Mero came out and just proved that, you know, <laughs> proved me right. Like everyone knows, you know, yeah, yeah, Jesus and Mero, and that's because they got catchy names. No one's calling them by their real names, you know. Uh, I just have it could never, have been us. I've never been able to come come with a, a stage name. Even I'm in a band, and you know, we decided a long time with no stage names. So yeah. it's just like. I've never, I don't know. If, I don't it's know probably for the is. best. We're not very good at yeah. naming things, evidenced by the intro you just heard, which <laughs> yeah. was our, from our very first podcast ever yes. back in November 2015. Wow. Back in a glorious time when, uh, you know, there we had President Obama. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, we had Salty Smitch. Carl Anthony, yeah. Carl Anthony Towns was a rookie. <laughs> Ke- Kevin Garnett was on the team. Yes. Uh, yes. The target center Flip was terrible. Just passed, but yeah. you know that was the only real downside. You know there was times were good. A lot know, has happened. A lot good. has happened in the four years in the 100 episodes since we began. You and I both got engaged and got married in yes. that time period. Yep, we're in uh, Wolf's Cast Studio Number Two right now. We're in a different place you, than you, when we started. You bought a home, yes, yeah. with a new studio in it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we. I know that we got purple jerseys. We were talking about Prince jerseys back in like episode five. That's right. Finally got our Prince jerseys. We were talking about how dumpy the Target Center was in our first episode because that was before all the renovations. You know, this was an old logo ago. This was an old jersey set ago. Wow. So it'll be like, what, three seasons from now when we do episode 200, do you think? Yeah, a and, bit and, roughly. And does 200 way. even matter? Is like you skip to 250? Like when's the next milestone beyond 100? That's Go a great question. You just got to pick some numbers, you know, yeah. unless there's like a really cool number we liked. If, yeah. You know, if it was like, I don't know. Taj is 67. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then, then maybe we do something special for an episode number, but probably be until 200, I guess. And that might be about three seasons. So who knows? We'll yeah. probably have another four coaches we've gone through because we've been through. Every year's a new coach. Actually, it's pretty surprising. In four years, we've only been through three coaches now, which wow. is really surprising because usually it's a new coach new year kind of thing it's the defense against the dark arts uh, position in harry potter books new one every year you know well if this is uh, your first episode or your 100th episode listening to wolves cast slash timberwolves the podcast thank you we really appreciate you um tuning in and downloading our show obviously you can find us on uh, canis hoopus Dot com. Otherwise, you can uh, subscribe on uh, uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google Podcasts. Those are the places that we are. So, yeah, go go over there and find us, and we really appreciate you listening. And, you know, uh, if, if it's your first time checking in with us, we yeah. appreciate you listening. Uh, we're a podcast. We've done 100 episodes. Our Timberwolves takes are pretty okay, but really the sound quality is important to us. <laughs> we have the best sound drops of any it podcast. It was like manna from heaven. Just oh. like this pod is to you. 
And our quality, our dedication to audio quality is why we are re-recording this episode. Yeah, we... Not to put you on blast. I just think that it's going to come up because there's going to be some references to the pod we recorded last night. We we tried to do this once and it didn't quite come out right audio quality-wise. There were some issues... And um, we decided to just run it all back. Yeah. You know, we there's decided no, we there's could do nothing better. worse than putting out a pod that's unlistenable. You Especially know? when it's number 100. Especially when it's number 100. If so, it was number 99, meh. No, number 101, maybe. And you know, this is true of every podcast. You don't get to episode 100 without having at least one or two episodes get trashed by audio quality and then or get deleted accidentally or Oops. something like that. And then you have to make the decision that all podcasters have to make. Do I put out the bad episode? Do we skip? Do we re-record? Well, we're re-recording for you. Re-recording so. for you, the listener. We want it to be right. So, yeah, hope you en- hope you enjoy the show. And, yeah, we've already had a rehearsal. And uh, one more game has happened, so we'll get to talk Neil about opened that. a bottle of champagne from his wedding for us last night. Oh, it was so good. And Very we're tasty. still I, I we're blame still the champagne for why we made the audio mistake. I feel like <laughs> if, we, if we weren't, you know, Maybe. toasting up, we would have been okay. Maybe. Well, uh, yeah, it's episode 100. But, uh, you know, so in this episode, we're going to we're gonna take a walk down memory lane. But that'll come later. We're going to have uh, a classic Wolf's, uh, Wolfcast sponsor. And, uh, you know, we're also going to uh, have a mailbag that um, sort of uh, has many questions that are sort of about our show and what's happened over the last few years. Um, and then uh, we're going to have a game as well that is themed to our podcast. So hope you are okay with a little uh, navel-gazing right here, right? A little bit of, uh, you know, we, we had to do it. It's episode 100. Yeah, I tried to pronounce a word on last night's show to talk about navel-gazing. <laughs> Why don't you give them... Oh, you're, yeah. you already gave them the rundown. On yeah, the rundown. Let's get right into it, though. It's time for uh, the week recap. Let's talk about some games. Uh, since we last recorded, the Wolves have gone 3-1, and one, and uh, their lone loss uh, was last weekend um, against San Antonio. And uh, no DeRozan in that game, but uh, LaMarcus Aldridge filled in, uh, uh, you know, in his spot and obviously uh, took took a lot of the scoring load there for, for the Spurs on their way to a, a 116-113 victory over the Wolves. Spurs looking good. Ooh, looking Spurs strong. are good. The climb started, standings. Started that season slow, and we yeah. were like, ooh, maybe this is the year the Spurs don't go to the playoffs and nope looks nope, like they're, they're on taking their way. care of business per usual they're gonna be all right they got a good bench unit and uh yeah it's always fun to see lamarcus aldridge and uh, carl towns go up against each other two of the best uh post threats in the league still and man does uh, i think what you you said that uh they're one and two in post yes, scoring yes post scoring points per possession in the post i believe they're one and two in the league so yeah battle of behemoths who, who was on the call in the tnt game last night was it weber uh yeah it was, man it was weber couldn't weber. stop talking about getting cat in the post that is like <laughs> the tnt guys that's their favorite thing to talk about with cat is he shoots yeah, too much Barkley he's getting the post and, more yeah. lamarcus just kind of owns towns doesn't he yeah he, especially I mean, he like the last spe- two seasons yeah. since he went to the spurs it just feels like Carl just can't handle it when he gets posted up by Lamarcus. It's like the yeah. only times where I'm like, we don't have a big enough guy for this. Yeah, game. Towns is very big, but he's not that big, so yeah, it's hard for him to handle Aldridge. Um, but yeah, then Wolves got back to their winning ways: one sixteen, one fourteen, uh, win over Phoenix at Target Center uh, last week. Continuing as well. a, a week long trend of scoring more than 113 points per oh. game, 113 or more. Yeah, one thirteen was our low scoring night. That's right. That was that was the weak point. <laughs> Um, right there, but yeah, it's the modern day NBA. Everybody, <laughs> rev um, up your engines. It's go go go. Yeah, so this uh, this Phoenix game, you know, Rose took over in the second half. Twenty nine of his uh, thirty one uh, points came in the second half. He had the game winner. He had eight of the last ten points. It was the Derrick Rose show down down the stretch, and but it was that game winner that was really really the story. That was that was really something else. Yeah, it was funny because after the game, uh, 
Rose said that you know the play was originally to have Cat come up and set a screen, but yeah. once Rose saw they put the rookie on him, Mikhail Bridges. That's right. And the Suns don't have a lot of people with a lot of experience on their team. But no. when they put the rookie on him, then Rose said, oh, I, I got to do work against one this guy. On you're you're going to put the rook on me. I'm going to teach him a lesson about what it is to be in the NBA. And uh, this was weird because I, I saw the highlight of the game winner before I saw the game. Yeah. I was on Reddit and I saw it. And I was like, okay, I'll watch this. <laughs> and he took this, you know, kind of pull up. kind Step of Step back. Yeah, guarded. He, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like the guy was draped all over him. But the guy was in front of him. Yeah. And he did this kind of pull up, step back, kick out the leg, kind of corner uh, or elbow. The leg kick shot. out is real. Yeah. And I saw that. I was like, ooh, that's an ugly shot. That's not the shot you want to take as your game winner. But then when I watched the game, I saw that Rose hit like, Three or four of those in the game from that exact same spot. Yeah, so he was, he was feeling it. He knew where he was going on the floor with that. Yeah. So uh, always good to um, you know beat beat the worst teams in the league. But uh, can, read, can you beat them two in a row? Was the question for the well, Wolves? Well, I week. predicted on last week's podcast <laughs> for predicted that yeah. we would drop one of two, just because I know the Wolves. Whenever we play a back to back against the same team, we almost always drop one of them. And it just seems like we've never had the mental fortitude to take two out of two and so I, I predicted we'd lose I'm happy to beat Ron yeah, uh, before we move prediction. on from Sunday's game I yeah. read Britt Robeson's uh, column from the other day on The Athletic our favorite guy Britt we, oh, yeah. we should just have a Britt job where it's like Britt because Brit, yeah. we mention him almost once a week yeah, at least we need like a quote from him he said it was uh, as somebody who's watched all the Wolves games this season he compared Sunday's performance as the most atrocious uh, he's like this was every bit as bad as the Sixers <laughs> game wow so he was he was, and that's right it I mean they yeah. were a ter- they're a bad team they were missing Aiton and Holmes for both games yeah and we let them just hang on with some really putrid playing but that's why it's encouraging to see that rhino got into the film room oh drew up some plays figured out what went wrong and made some adjustments because we smacked them down a little mini playoff series the back-to-back against the same team we went into the talking stick resort arena and burned it to the ground great name great name right there for the arena that uh, is going to be renovated coming up here, right? You know, using they just, that, they using just that public got, money. Yeah, they got the Suns are paying eighty million. Mil. The Suns are paying eighty million. Uh, Phoenix taxpayers are paying one hundred and fifty million. Ah. And uh, but at least we got that meme of that old lady at the townhouse console being like, Robert Sarver, <laughs> Robert Sarver. So, so cheap. What a cheap guy, you know? Yeah. So at least we got that smoke. Um, but yes, it was a 118 91 blowout Boom. of the Suns. Um, Towns with another great game 25 10 and 7. Just beasting lately. As long as he can stay on the floor, he's he's scoring. You yeah, know? yeah, exactly. And the foul, the foul trouble is getting real though. It's been a thing all season. He's leading the league in fouls. Crazy. And, uh, That's crazy. We saw with the Lakers game, he kind of took himself out of the first half with that. But uh, uh, it was fun to see Towns just completely dominate without Aiden out there. It was really what we were expecting Sunday night. They really just had no size. I mean, Dragon Bender in there, and you know, trying to think who else they were even throw, even throwing out. I mean, they don't have any other guys who were centers, you right. know? It's just like power forwards and stuff. Yeah, they don't have Tyson uh, anymore a, a on the Quincy roster. Quincy Acey, is that right? Is yeah. that who it was? Yeah, it was Quincy Acey. It was just funny. I love seeing that dude. Yeah. He's a good journeyman. Great name, A-C-Y. Uh, uh, Okogi had a career high scoring. Ooh, hit, hit some threes. That was right. nice to see from him. He had a good game, especially because we needed him with no Teague and also no Tyus. Lends lots of Rose and Bayless time, so it was good to have Okogi contribute in a yeah. positive way. And so did Bayless. Bayless had a, uh, his first good game of the week, and he followed up in L.A. with another good game. And, of course, we, uh, the highlight of this game was the Gorgie Jang, Devin Booker, uh, little little scrap moment. Nobody tells Gorgie Jang what to do. 
I think Gorgie Jang took exception to um, Devin Booker potentially flopping on that call where Gorgie kind of tried to clear the ball, tried to outlet the ball, mm-hmm. and you know m- maybe got a little bit of contact with his elbow and, and Devin's head. But you know Devin went down in a heap and got and Gorgie got the foul called on him, and so I think that kind of set him off and that set into motion. The and they rest were jawing a little bit, but then Devin yeah. Booker came over and pawed at Gorgie. That's yes. how Jim Pete called him the cat paw. Pawed. Pawed at a little paw. You can't paw at somebody. Nah. And this wouldn't have been an issue if Devin Booker hadn't gotten a technical earlier in the game for yep. being salty on the bench. While on the bench. So it's always great for your team's odds when you could take out your opponent's best player just because he's not he's being hot headed. Yeah. Know? And then they were allegedly going to meet meet backstage you oh, know, yeah. in, the, in the bowels I think of the arena. It, it but... looked like Gorky caught Devin Booker's eyes when they were both yes. being ejected. And he said, meet me, meet me, meet me in the back. Yeah. And then Devin tried to take off and he had like three security <laughs> people holding him around the waist that he was trying to squirm out of. And the way he like dashed back into the tunnel, it really reminded me of like a WWE thing right. where the WWE, there's always stuff going on backstage and there's always people running back there all we needed was that pov shoulder cam shaky, you know, cam. Sh- shaky cam running into the tunnels behind the arena yeah. it would have been a perfect wwe moment so yeah good to get the win against bad team um so yeah the the west coast road trip continued last night thursday night um wearing the purple jerseys in la feels so oh, good i like that i did notice that too i was like this is works really well that's right Everybody Pur- on the court here on the lakers court lakers were wearing the yellow and 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 yeah it was all it's kind of a nod to lakers really a little here you go we're wearing entirely your colors yeah, well you <laughs> right know what prince here. says that he likes hollywood he just happens to like <laughs> minneapolis a little bit better but yeah the wolves uh, quote. wolves picked up the 120 to 105 win against the lakers on national tv the late night game there was a lot uh, of yeah. uh besides tnt announcer saying cat shouldn't shoot so much which is just common there's a lot of t wolves the t wolves marv albert the loves the t wolves oh my gosh it they just, get a few drops of that so one, grating so grating on your ears yeah but uh you know it was a pretty close game early on especially because cat had a lot of foul trouble yeah he cook, did not play much did not play much half. in the first half yeah. so we were trailing by i think four buckets or four points yep. going into halftime no lebron in this game uh rondo back though rondo, rondo back for the first time in uh, about a month i think so yeah and you could tell he's still nursing it a little bit but just yeah. having a point guard out there did great things for the lakers you know you yeah could, no he was ball hitting, hitting some threes hitting some layups you know mm-hmm. he was being an aggressor he's a he's a heady point guard for sure but once again you know this game and, and both the phoenix games before this the wolves just won due to their size due to the, oh, yeah. the offensive rebounding the rebounding in general they've now won three games based on rebounds alone just just huge in that end and, yeah you and, know when they yeah the lakers i think uh, tyson played but um turning that javel played so you know they it's did not tyson like, play uh no i can't I think, think. Tyson, i'm not sure yeah tyson maybe played. tyson didn't play but did. yeah javel was definitely in there and then they have kuzma at their power forward so and, you know uh, zubach oh yes yeah, no that was that's who it was yeah, yeah zubach was in there for for tyson so and, you know they're they were missing guys as well so and uh, you know, if we if we're talking about that, you know, halftime, you come back from halftime, and Jim Pete breaks down the four stats, the four keys to the game, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. And four it, factors, the four factors. Thank you. And I think the only factor really this season has been rebounding. It seems like whenever we win the, the, board, the battle on the boards, yep. we win. You yeah, know, yeah. more than anything, those are the two you can count on us for. <laughs> Statistics are fun. Yeah, they are, Jim. Totally. Um, let's see. What else in this game? Uh, due to uh, Derrick Rose missing the second half, uh, I think he you know, had, had an ankle something turn. Some with the ankle. He, this is why he doesn't want to play back to backs, Neil. He knew. He knows. He knew. He knows he can't do he that. Twelve minutes. He knows. Uh, he knows some things. Uh, we had uh, Jared Terrell playing uh, G the G Leagues uh, the Iowa Wolves Jared Terrell up uh, in with the big club right now playing he got the he got the um, garbage time minutes against Phoenix the other night but uh, playing in you know regular rotation minutes 
for the Wolves uh, and hit some big shots. It was something that you never see with Tibbs, where Ryan put him in yeah. and made some adjustments. Because first he put him in, I think, at the end of the first quarter, maybe the beginning of the second, to give some rest to the other guys. Yeah, Bayless was the only one. But he yeah. took Bayless off the court, yeah. and, it, and Terrell kind of struggled. So at the end of the third quarter, he kept Bayless out there with Terrell, and they went on a run. And yeah. he was like, okay, let's keep playing the hot hand here. You know? well. I don't have to put back in my starters. So I'll, yeah. just, I'll run with these guys, and it worked out. We outscored the Lakers 36-23 to 23 in the fourth quarter. Crazy. Ended up being the big difference maker. It was pretty tight until that fourth quarter. Um, so that's nice. Uh, Bayless had a good game. 16 points, 8 assists in 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, can't willing, argue with that. Willing shooter. You know, after the double team cat and stuff like that, uh, these stat uh, these stats here uh, upcoming here for, are from uh, Wolves Radio. Alan Horton, but the Wolves had uh, thirty two second chance points, twenty two offensive rebounds, and thirty four points off turnovers. Those are all season highs love for it. the Wolves. So yeah, they were getting those boards, they were getting those second chance, and they were turning them over. You know, the Lakers were making so many mistakes out there. You know, Rondo kind of getting the sea legs back. I guess yep. you know, I don't know what it was, but um, yeah, really good to get the win on the road. Especially the Wolves have been. So much better on the road than they had. I forget. Uh, I think Alan uh, Alan Horton also had the stat. I can't remember what the exact record is, but you know, with Tibbs, they were like three and twelve or something on the road, and yeah. now they're like five and three or five and two since the since the coaching change. So things are turning around on the road, and hey, they're going to have to keep it up because uh, you know they have uh, you know as we record this, they're going to be playing in Utah uh, here on Friday Ooh, night. So back to back, home and home, home and home again, so. double, double up. Yeah, it should be interesting to see how it goes. We finished the season, the season series against the Lakers, three and one. Nice. That's always nice. nice. We want to do good against the Lakers. Yeah. Came, we got a lot of fans of the Lakers here, and it's just like, oh, man. Yeah. It's always so annoying going to the Lakers games here because so many fans. No more Lakers. That's it for So the, we're done with that. the season with them. Three and one. I'll take that. All right. Let's uh, get to full court press. Here we go. Here's the tip. Oh, yeah, it's full court press. First thing we're going to talk about is the All-Star starters. They were announced, and uh, Derrick Rose is not in that group. Uh, he will not be on the All-Star team this year. Really, his only chance was to make it here as a, as a starter uh, via the fan vote. Um, but, you know, uh, the league changed their rules a few years ago with the whole voting of the starters, and yeah, the fans, you still have a vote, but it's only 50% of the vote, right? You also have to be voted in by the media and the rest of the NBA players, and that's where Rose fell short. Statistics are fun. <laughs> I, just, I pulled up our road record. After last night, it's 8-16 and 16 now. So. Oh, overall. Yeah, yeah on I'm the trying, road. Yeah. But it, we started out like 3-14, and sure. like 14, so yeah. it has been better lately. Yeah. I just pulled that stat, and even though we weren't on that topic anymore, I said, I didn't do all there this work go. for nothing. I'm going to interrupt Neil's flow right. on this one just let's, so I could drop in that stat. Let's start the show over again. All right. Uh, uh, but yeah, for for Rose, uh, the numbers, fan votes, he 3.4 million fan votes. That puts him second uh, amongst uh, Western Conference backcourt uh, players. Curry had 3.9. He was the number one getter. And uh, Rose, 3.4. Harden, 2.9 million. So almost 500,000 more votes. Uh, so international fans, Neil. Yeah, He's China. beloved around the world. Yeah. China, Australia is they the fourth best-selling jersey in Australia this season. But as we said, the player votes and the media votes are where Rose fell short. He was fourth in player votes uh, behind Curry, Harden, and Westbrook. And although ahead of Lillard, very interestingly, players more players yeah, voted for Rose than Lillard. It's pretty sad. Yeah. Uh, and then media votes, uh, Rose got uh, approximately exactly zero 
votes. Uh, Harden and Curry uh, got the lion's share of, of those votes. I was going to look this up today. I saw that uh, Trey Kirby, shots to Trey Kirby, tweeted. Starters, yeah. He said, uh, Aaron Holiday has two brothers in the league, Drew and Justin. <laughs> and he said, Aaron only got one player vote to be an all-star. So one of his two <laughs> brothers didn't vote for him. Or maybe both. Or maybe either. Yeah, but he said either. zero voted for Justin Holiday. So some turmoil in the Holiday family. I should look it up. It'll be. I always love seeing like which players vote for themselves uh-huh. and like you know which guys down the line on the bench get some votes. Like I bet you somebody voted for Tolliver. You know. Yeah, totally. Um, what else needs to be said about Rose and the all and the All Star game? I mean, cool story, cool thing to follow a little bit. It's nice to see the resurgence, you know, in in his game and his you know prominence in the NBA. But you know, uh, obviously you you want Harden to start over him, right? I mean, I. I tweeted before well, it came out. As far as anarchy goes, I wanted Don- Donchitz and and Rose to both make it because I think it's kind of fun if like the fans can really pick who they really want to see. But overall, come on, Harden, Harden's the guy, right? I'm starting to change my opinion on this. Really, you want to see? You, meaning you want to see this, the the best ten guys? Yeah, you don't, I mean, you don't want the the anarchy. The <laughs> I think we just need to move in a direction where we take the All Star game less seriously. Sure. Sure. If the fans want to see Donkic, if they want to see Rose, if they want to see Dwayne Wade in his final game, all-star game, these are things that they should be allowed to do because this, this yeah. game means so nothing. Page. Yeah. 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 And so it's like, I understand the awards at the end of the season, the All-NBA, those are the ones that it's like, well, you've got to figure out who's the best. But this yes. is just like, if the fans want to see somebody, who are, who's the NBA to be like, no. Because all we NBA, want Westbrook all in there NBA can affect you know players' salaries and contracts and stuff like that. I mean, we know you know Towns, he needs to get that All-NBA, and it could be a difference of like 30 or $40 million to him yeah. over the course of there his five-year deal. There are contract incentives about all-NBA yeah. teams. And yeah, stuff. right or wrong. And a lot I of people know, don't like, like that, but that's the way it is. And that's the way it is in the CBA, so we got to go with it. It's just something to keep in mind, too, when you're, we're evaluating a player's career at the end of it. A lot of times people are like, oh, he was a 14-time All-Star. Uh-huh. And just let's make all-star appearances mean less yeah. and just like uh, have it be more of a fun game. Let's have it be wacky if you want. Uh, who is that? Uh, I'm blanking. He injured Kwai on purpose for the goal. Says, yeah, uh, Zaza. Zaza, yeah. Pachulia. That was the guy there a couple years ago who was getting lots of votes. Yeah. It's just like, you know, let, let the chaos reign. Let the chaos reign. Yeah. Is Rose is Derek Rose the most popular Timberwolves player of all time? He is. Uh, I mean, not amongst Minnesotans, right. not amongst um, you know maybe just like general sort of like people who follow the league. But I think you're right in the fact that if you look worldwide, uh, as we've seen with this All Star vote and just sort of the uptick. Obviously, we call them Rose stands and stuff like that. But like the sort of there's a more there's you a know, culture that yeah is even outside of being a basketball fan. You can and be they a love Derrick Rose. Rose. Yeah, yeah. So that is a very interesting thing to think about. And right? I just think that also the league is so much bigger today than it was during KG's heyday. Yeah. Uh, every you know that's something we don't realize as we think about like oh how awesome Magic and Bird were and how awesome you know something like the Celtics in the '60s were. And then you forget like up until like the '80s and even into the 80s the NBA finals were tape delayed and people weren't watching the league and so even though you know KG was very popular at the time I just feel like the game is so much more international now yeah. that there's so many more fans watching that the more recent guys are just naturally bigger it's just weird to think of as a Wolves fan because I wouldn't consider them that because no. I'm a Wolves fan but yeah. I think that objectively we can say that he's the most popular player to ever put on Timberwolves uniform I think you're right all right let's keep it moving here we go he's heating up all right next thing we want to talk a little bit about Josh Okogie the Rook the Rook, the 20-year-old. I saved the sound drop this time around. Josh Okogie! 
jumping out of the gym. Yeah, he's been jumping. He's been running. He's been doing lots of things. Uh, but he's been getting some more minutes, uh, obviously, with, uh, you know, the injury um, bug hitting the Wolves, Covington, um, you know, Rose, you know, different. The guard wing rotation has been kind of all over the place for the Wolves. And, you know, Josh's minutes are up now. He's been getting 27 minutes per game in the last 10 games here. And so we kind of want to just give a little update on where he is offensively and defensively. We'll start with the offensive end because that's where things are. That's the bad news right there. Uh, he's just not a good offensive player, just in general. Uh, his E field goal percentage is... is uh, effective field goal percentage. Effect, yes, his effective field goal percentage is uh, 44%, which is the 11th percentile um, for all wing players in the league that's via cleaning the glass. And hey, that's uh, before the Lakers game <laughs> the other night where he was, wow, uh, a lot of, <laughs> all over a lot the place. So that's probably lower and then uh 28% from 3 overall so that is uh you know he's, that's got that's pretty bad that's got to be at least you know you'd like Especially to see for that a guy who seems like he takes 4 or 5 a game yes he's he's letting him go which is good it's a good I sign agree. that he's he's he finds himself open from 3 so often it's less like cuz a lot of people i guess this is what happens when they don't respect your three point game is that they help off of you and yep. I, I speak from experience i pick up <laughs> basketball you've been helped off of i've been helped off of uh, shouts <laughs> to joe Valeski, who we have a standing deal that when he's guarding me he's says that I he will always give me open three pointers. He's oh. like he's like you can take any three pointer you want and I won't guard you for it. And I I take him up on it whenever he's on me. I take it one or two a game when he's he's on me and you know what? That gamble usually pays off for him. There you go. But uh because of this Okoki is often found wide open behind in the three pointer and it gets kicked out to him and he has all the time in the world. And you know, thankfully he is shooting it. I know at the beginning of the season he had a couple rocky shooting games to start the season then you saw him stop taking those and start to like drive into traffic and stuff instead of taking those so I, I like that he's learned you're open like that you gotta shoot him yeah we just need him to start falling yeah and he's got it, a good looking form the, you know the good news is he is continuing to shoot those threes he needs to continue to shoot more i looked at his shot chart a little bit he's got to get more going from the corners he's kind of shooting a lot of above the break threes and again it's it, you know it's hard to have it both ways we do want him to launch um those threes but maybe if some more corner threes would be nice and then also um you know maybe one of the bright spots he does have is the ability to get to the rim um and finish and stuff we saw that a little bit the other night in the lakers you know he can you know get a pump fake and and get into the paint a little bit or cut off the ball when Cat's doubled again if his man is leaving him to go double somebody else he's yeah, got a good knack for cutting into the lane and getting a pass there's usually two or three times a game he gets to the rim and can't handle the English off the glass yeah maybe that's why you gotta work with Rose Rose for uh, Rose is a master at using yes. the glass and using all kinds of reverse layups little and little spins. tricks and stuff it's a layup king and so hopefully he can teach Okogi something because Okogi does he, he does a great job of getting to the rim he doesn't get stripped all the time like Wiggins has been lately yeah. he's, he's doing a better job of holding on to the ball and getting to the rim but you know maybe he gets to the rim five or six times a game there's at least two or three of those times he kind of throws a wild finish on it and just like, you know, and you're like ooh and then he falls down under the bait you know yeah. he falls down shooting it and then everyone gets the rebound and runs back, and Okogi has to catch up. Now, on the defensive end of the, uh, the floor, this is where this is, you know, Josh Okogi is shining. And this is where really you, you look at, you know, projecting him forward, and, and you can really see a guy who is going to be an effective NBA player for a long time. Uh, just watching him, high motor, uh, just relentless out there. And if you watch Josh Okogi play, this is what really pops off the screen is sort of his activity and his ability to always be, um, you know, right in. Right 
right in the right in the jersey of his uh, of his uh, assignment and stuff. And just watching him play defense is a real treat. Yeah, it, I think the most refreshing thing is that it's been so so long since we've had a guard on our team get around screens the way he gets around. Yes, Wiggins gets and Teague are just terrible. They get they die on screens so often, and then and even Rubio, who is a great um, you know defender, yeah, he, he had trouble with screens a lot too. Yeah, and they would just hit the big man and then fold, and then all of a sudden you have two you know two on one situation. So it, it's been really frustrating as a Wolves fan to see that just simple screens because it's a pick and roll league. How many screens do you see, you yeah. know, during a normal game? And just seeing how we couldn't handle those. That was always such a huge breakdown in our defense. So to watch Okogi just attack those screens and fly around him, just hurl his body into that small space where he has to get it through. It's just like that kind of energy and that kind of defensive intensity that you're like, oh, wow, this is this is something that we sorely need. Because even our good defensive players don't have that kind of high, in, you know, yeah. kind of high motor that we see from Okogi, you know? Yeah, totally. He's just so efficient with his movements. He's always on balance. It's great to see. Um, you know, there's not a lot of great defensive stats. Obviously, offensive stats are, are much more advanced than, than the defensive end. But, um, you know, if you look at block percentage and steal percentage, uh, Joshua Kogi excels at both for for the wing position. Um, and again, these stats are from cleaning the glass. He's uh, in the 72nd percentile in block percentage and 78th percentile in steal percentage. So amongst all the wings in the league, he's way up there. Yeah, and stocks. I mean, that's great. Stocks. That's that's what yeah. Covington leads the league there in a go. lot of times. You know, Carolinko would lead the lead in that. Like, that's a really rare thing to do both at such a high level. So I love that he's great at closing out to shooters. I think it was Bellinelli we saw last week. Where if it wasn't Bellinelli, it was someone similar. It was a three point yeah. shooter who faked a shot in the corner, but Okogi closed out really fast, so he faked the shot to try to pump fake Okogi. And so how many rookies would bite on the pump fake? Right, like ninety percent. Yeah. And Okogi stayed on his feet and then stayed in front of him and eventually made that player. I think it was Bellinelli drive and then pass because uh, Okogi did not fall for that. So yeah, I mean Josh Okogi at this point is someone who I think is just a great pick, you know, late late first round guy and 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 right now is is, is really projecting to be someone that is going to be in the Wolves rotation for a long time and, you know, maybe even a starter. We'll see. And it's interesting, too, because, I mean, like you said, great pick at the 20th pick. And I'm pretty sure that, uh, you know, I, I think it was Krasinski that reported that that was Layden's decision. That was, uh, yes. One of the areas that Tibbs ceded control to Layden was the draft. And, you know, if you look at that and some of our other draft choices, you start to think, well, maybe it's not a bad idea to have Scott Layden stick around for a little bit. Maybe. That'll be on his uh If you can have another draft like Okogi, you land an Okogi at 20. That's a great move. And who knows? I think Cato is still a good pick at four or at whatever, you know, 50 or that was. But we'll see how that goes. I think that, you know, there's some players I think about that aren't on our team anymore. Mostly Ricky. <laughs> think so much about Ricky. I saw a very funny. I saw some viral videos. He was shooting in with Jay Crowder. Uh, he's really. Just I'm Ricky Rubio. I'm not like anybody else. But I also think about the guys we've traded: the Zach Levine, Laurie Markkinen, Chris Dunn. Because you, you always are kind of reevaluating. You know that trade. Right. How did that come out? And yeah. uh, you know, it seems like Chris Dunn's just going to be a lost player. But it reminds me. I think that like Okogi is like a rich man's Chris Dunn because Chris Dunn. And Okogi are very similar on defense. I loved watching Chris Dunn yeah. play defense. He would get yeah. in a guy's shorts and not leave and just harass a guy the entire length of the court in a way that I haven't seen a Timberwolf do since, you know, since Okogi came. And but the, the difference is that Okogi's 20. I believe Chris Dunn is 25 or 26 now. Yes, yes. And uh, Okogi has somewhat of an offensive game and Chris Dunn has yet to display any of that. Yeah. So I think that it's just remarkable that, you know. I always was on the side that we didn't give up much when we gave up Chris Dunn, but it's great to see that we got a player who can replicate all of Chris Dunn's defense, who has more size, so he can guard a few. You I know. think, yeah, Okogi, you know, projects to be able to guard ones, twos, and threes, you know, so, and that's probably not something Chris Dunn can say. 
Yeah. And so uh, it makes it at least a little easier for this broken heart to mend because we traded that Ricky Rubio for uh, the Okogi pick. So true, true. at the end of the day, that at least brings a smile to my face. Alexi, change, change his face. Oh, my God. Fuck. Alexi, change, change his face. Be happy. Enjoy. Yes, Ricky. Yes, I will. He's on fire. All right, last bit of uh, full court press here for you. We have a couple fake trades. The trade deadline is, uh, or as uh, our, our good friend Britt Robson always writes, and I love this. He, you know, he writes instead of trade deadline. What's the trading deadline? Uh, I love it. He always does that. And the other thing I like, I don't know why I like it so much. It's not the, it's not the draft. It's the collegiate draft. <laughs> I don't know why. You, I have not he noticed consistently it. Consistently says, yeah, the trading deadline and the collegiate draft. Just a little twist on you know what you normally would see. That's why we needed uh, the drop. Anyway, Brit. Uh, uh, so we got a couple fake trades here. Drop on you uh, a couple trades that we've come up with um, that uh, you know we would like to see potentially happen here uh, coming up in a few weeks for the Wolves. First one for me is uh, something that I'm not sure if it's very likely, but hey, if you are on Team Trade Wiggins then I think there's no better place for him to go, realistically, than the Sacramento Kings. And, you know, it'd just be pretty much a salary dump, but I'm looking at a Wiggins at uh, Sacramento for Costa Kufas and Iman Shumpert, two guys who basically are big expiring contracts at the end of this year. And if you can, uh, you know, Sacramento, they fancy themselves a playoff team right now. They're right about 500. They're as good as they've been in many, many years. Uh, you know, lots of excitement. De'Aaron Fox. You know, lots of different things right here. So, you know, I could see them potentially making, and hey, they're also known as sort of the f- most foolish franchise, right? Vladi Divats and, and stuff running the show up there. So that's the one, that's the one franchise you don't have to mar- make an argument that the trade makes sense. <laughs> You right. Know, there's a lot of trades yes. that I tried to do, and I, and I was like, okay, we could make this trade happen, but it doesn't make oh, sense no, for this team to get, do smart. this. Yeah, why would the other team do this? Why would the other team do this? With, can- with the Canes, the Canes, Kangs. you don't have to have it make sense on paper. Yeah, so I don't know. I would love to see a situation where the Kings overvalue Wiggins, think that they can get more out of him as, you know, oh, he just needs to change the scenery, and in our system, he can, you know, really, really blossom and, and playing alongside Fox, blah, blah, blah. What you're saying is you're you're willing to get nothing back for Wiggins. I'm willing to get rid of, no- I'm willing to to take nothing back as long as you have to give up an asset i'm cool with it it's never good when you know you miss shots so yeah i don't know i'm kind of hopeful that's that's a, that's a wishful thinking right there i don't think they'll find any takers for wiggins although you never know there's some some bottom feeder teams even if they don't think they're in the playoffs maybe you know memphis or or the the suns or orlando might be able to talk themselves into an andrew wiggins uh type of guy obviously the number is very big on his contract though so looks unlikely but i don't know wiggins of sacramento that, that's my first one uh, last night when we did this, I had my first trade be sending Teague back home to Indianapolis where he has oh. a home, a gym, a race car. He's from Indy. His family lives there. Yeah. Sending him back to Indianapolis. <laughs> yeah, he does. He's sponsored one. Uh, sending him back to Indy for a pack and some filler with, for like Doug McDermott and some filler, basically just getting Teague off our books. So we don't have to worry about him exercising that option for next year, which I'm yeah. very worried about. I don't want to hear it. I'm very year. worried about but, it. But, uh, I decided to scrap that. Oh, we got a new one in came here. Came up with a new one. What we got? It's very similar to uh, uh, one that was proposed by Brett, Brett uh, in his column this week, but he suggested trading Wiggins and Gorgie to the Wizards for John Wall. Ooh. He got, it's, uh, it's, uh, he said an exchange of overpayments. Mm. All guys are overpaid, so you're basically trading our overpaid guys for the, their overpaid guy. Yep. And I'm not ready to give up on uh, Andrew Wiggins yet. Shout to Drew Wiggs, man. Right. He finally listened. I know it's it's but I've come down a lot. I mean, I remember being on this pod saying I would not trade Andrew Wiggins for Kyrie Irving. 
That was a mistake. <laughs> That's a mistake. I'll admit I was wrong. Sure. I'm a lot colder on Andrew Wiggins these days. I still think that, uh, you know, he probably will never live up to that contract. And so I'm, I'm more amenable to moving him than I was before. Sure, sure. But like I said to you yesterday, Neil, he'll be easier to trade every year because you have to figure Andrew, yep. at least at the very least, it will get incrementally better as he ages. I yep. think there's a good chance he'll take a lots of have lots of progress. But at the very least, you have to admit he'll get a little better every year as he ages and his contract will become shorter every single year. So every single year, Andrew Wiggins will become a better and better and better trade asset. And, so. un- and unlike Gorgie, you know, who is another issue and another guy we need to move, he plays a position of um, need in this league. Wings are, you know, still the most sought after, um, you know, position in the league. And unfortunately for the Wolves and for Gorgie, centers are just not right. You should yeah. pay relatively less for your centers, um, and Gorgie's just overpaid. So and he's older. You know? Yeah, it's yeah. another thing where, yeah. like I said, Andrew Wiggins is still at that. He's twenty three. He'll get better every year. Gorgie is not. At, he's at an age where he probably won't. So what's it, what's the deal here? So we get John Wall back. We send Teague wow. and Gorgie out. We clear those uh, Gorgie off our. Books. We clear Teague's 19 million for next year that he would probably opt into after our books. I think Washington would do it because overall John Wall's contract is bigger, so they're getting mm-hmm, off some mm-hmm. money there. And I think that they could make the playoffs, honestly, with Teague and uh, Gorgie. That would actually be a pretty interesting playoff team. The only thing I'm worried about with Wall is, you know, he's injury prone. He's 30, and, but he's still a great player. It gets, uh, you know, lost in all the memes about how he's out of shape because he's going to yeah. clubs and he won't apologize mm. and stuff like that. But he's still a really good point guard. We could reuse a point guard like that. I'd like to see his chemistry with cat the only problem is chemistry is he going to ruin our locker room we just got rid of one locker room cancer that's the only thing i'm worried about is that it seems like he's not very fun to play with well so that would be my only I like it. I like trade. a little Kentucky action there. Kentucky right. Towns. Kentucky you know? Bros. So I could, I could if, see it. if it works, it would be really great for the Wolves. And we get to keep Wiggins in that scenario. But sure. we would pretty much be capped out forever because we would have be your team, yeah. Wall making like $40 million, Cat making like 25 and Wiggins making... This was a bad idea. I take back this trade idea. We'll go with the indie one with Jeff I, I think <laughs> Wiggins has to be in the deal. For for Wall, they they, they kind of have they kind of have two of the worst contracts. Yeah. Uh, I should have thought this through. Okay, well, anyway, we talked it out. We'll, uh, I'm going to revert my answer to Jeff T. <laughs> Give us Doug I'm sticking with Indiana here. My second trade is uh, Derek Rose to Indiana for Aaron Holiday. And yeah, that's not very sexy. And the names in it are kind of small, but. Uh, for Rose, you know, I think, you know, I think he's on a one-year deal right now. I just kind of want to get him off the team here and not have the ability to re-sign him next year. I mean, sure, he's been fine and everything, but I think long-term and especially for the development of Towns, it's just better if, if, if Rose is not the guy kind of taking up all the usage and, and running the show. So, um, yeah, so I think a, a trade to Indiana makes sense. They just lost Oladipo. Um, they have uh, uh, Darren Collison and uh, Corey Joseph as their point guards, and then they have uh, Tyreek Evans on the shooting guard. So they're going to need one more guard, and I can see them looking looking for Derrick Rose because you know they're pretty much locked into a top five seed, right? Yeah, they are. Uh, they're so far ahead of the six seed, so they're going to be in the top five, and I think that they're going to want to stay in there, and they're going to want to they're going to want to be competitive in a first round series against Philly or whoever it might be. So I could see them trying to still go for it and still try it, and be good. I think it makes sense because Rose uh, will fill up a lot of that scoring that they're going to be missing with Oladipo. Yeah, obviously he can't replicate the defense of Oladipo, but he's such a cheap flyer that you know it doesn't really impact Indiana's cap sheet for next year when Oladipo will be back and stuff. They don't have to worry about that because it's just the end of his contract. And then. Aaron Holiday, the, the youngest of the Holiday brothers. Does have potential. Um, yeah, potential. Showing, showing a little potential this UCLA year. UCLA last year and was drafted in the late first round. He's cheap. Um, Very cheap. cheap. Very yeah, cheap. so I don't know if Indiana want to be, would want to be, you know, part with that um, contract, the cheap labor there, but um, if they would, I would I definitely I think Indiana would do it because 
there, uh, the Indiana's like well, Milwaukee, where when sh- the Chicago Bulls come to town, there are more fans wearing Bulls true, jerseys true, true. In, the, in the crowd. And so I just think you get Rose, and you're going to sell out every single game the rest of the season. And I just think that the fans would – it would be a huge hit with the fans. So even if you're like, you know, are we going to get to the Eastern Conference Finals this year? Probably not. But why don't we make this relatively minor trade? This guy will be <laughs> off our books next year, and all of our fans are going to flip out when they see Derrick Rose in a Pacers jersey. Totally. Scott, what's your last trade? My last trade it also changed up. Last, last night I proposed Frank Comiskey for Anthony Tolliver, but instead I changed this up. Here's my new trade. Gorgie Jane, Anthony Tolliver, and Derek Rose for Daniil Gallinari from the Clippers. Ooh. And I like, we're both Gallinari fans. We have been for years. Sure. He's a little, stay healthy. Yeah, he's injury prone. That's really his big problem. Uh, but the, the logic behind this is that Gallinari is getting paid, I think, $22 million this year and $23 million next year. Okay. And then he's done. Gorgie obviously is getting like 16 million this year, 17 million next year, and 18 million the year after that. Tolliver and Rose both come off the books at the end of the season. So the reason I think this makes sense for the Clippers, why they would do this, is at the end of the season, I said Tolliver and Rose come off the books. So really you only have Gorgie on the books. And he's making, what did I just say, $8 million less than Gallinari next season? So that means this offseason, and the Clippers have been prioritizing having cap space. That's why Harris comes off the books, Boban comes off the books. Like almost their entire team comes off the books this summer. So they're going to have at least two max free agent slots. Wow. And so by all intentions, that's what they've been doing. So if you want to have as much cap space as you can have, uh, if you trade Gorgie and, and Danilo, we get a good, awesome player, honestly, who would fit in really well with this team when he's healthy, I think. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they get more cap space next summer. So I, I, it's a win-win. I like that a lot. All right. Uh, good times. Let us know what uh, fake trades you might have. Tweet at us, at Wolfcast. That's right. Love to see Le- your fake trades. Less than two weeks till the deadline. Uh, clock's ticking down. Send us, a, send us your uh, fake trades. One, I love to judge people's fake trades. <laughs> fake trades are so revealing about the person. Sure, you know, sure. I love judging them. But also, right. we're probably going to do fake trades on next week's pod, too. Yeah, we've got uh, a couple so weeks left. Why don't you send us in some of your trade ideas, and we might read them on the show. All right. We've had lots of uh, sponsors over 100 episodes. and we want Made to bring, a lot of money. Want, made so much money. We want to bring back a classic one for episode 100. Uh, money in the bank. <laughs> so we made um, thousands. Today, we made thousands of we, dollars. We made over lots the years. of money, and we and we kind of went through all our sponsors and, and really picked our favorites. So Scott, why don't you tell us about today's sponsor? Yeah, sure. Uh, I was pretty psyched when uh, this company contacted me uh, two, three years ago. Especially seemed appropriate for where we were at. Uh, we were such a woe begotten franchise. I mean, we had the longest playoff drought in the NBA, and that's not to mention all the other unlucky stuff that contributed to it. So there's times like that where you just need to turn to some experts who can exercise some of those demons that are, you know, plaguing your franchise. So I was so excited when Dolph Lockwood reached out to me and we worked together and I thought we wrote a really good ad copy for this. And so uh, he was a a two-time sponsor. This is, I believe, the first time he sponsored us. And we're so happy once again, even though we don't need it as much as we did in the past, to uh, renew our focus and look back at Dolph Lockwood's half-priced sports exorcisms. Our sponsor tonight is the world-famous Dolph Lockwood's Half-Price Sports Exorcisms.com. Do you see physical manifestations of your favorite sports franchise's worst moments from their sorry history, like the late Haley Joe Osmond saw dead people in the M. Night Shyamalan's fifth best movie, The Sixth Sense? Dolph Lockwood has a solution for you. 
As the premier for-profit sports-related exorcism in the Western Hemisphere, at Dolph Lockwood's HalfPriceSportsExorcism.com, the only thing more supernatural than your ghastly phantoms of haunting regret is the scary low prices. Dolph Lockwood's HalfPriceSportsExorcism.com offers a range of non-secular, cross-denominational services that can ease the cosmic historical burden created by traumas like racist mascots or owners, career-altering injuries to budding superstars, historic regular or postseason losing streaks, and so much more. As the North American industry-leading poltergeist purging practitioner, Dolph Lockwood's HalfPriceSportsExorcisms.com's track record speaks for itself. Within the past 24 months, woebegotten franchises like the Golden State Warriors, Kansas City Royals, Seattle Seahawks, Chicago Cubs, Cleveland Cavaliers have summoned the peak of success with the help of Dolph's nation best business. Visit Dolph Lockwood HalfPriceSportsExorcisms.com.tumblr.com and use discount code WolvesCast to get a two-for-one special on your first incorporal being extermination. Discover today what Western Dakota County's most successful, most successful... <laughs> Discover today what Western Dakota County's most successful sports spectator slaying service can do for you. We want to thank Dolph Lockwood's Half Price Sports Exorcisms for their support of Wolves Cast. It's a mailbag. 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 Letters on letters like the alphabet, yo This segment's called Mailbag So if you got a question about the wolves, let us know There's a good chance that we'll read it on the show Yeah, send us your letters Send us your messages Send us your carrier pigeons We want to hear from you Yeah Alright, yes, it's Mailbag Thank you everyone who sent in some questions Neil, Neil, mm. I gotta give it to you That Mailbag drop Still the best. It's still great. We played that on episode one. Haven't had to touch wow. it. Perfection, you know? Wow. Mailbag also, theme. Just throw it back. I, we haven't thanked him yet, but we deserve thanks to Robert, our wonderful guest co-host, if you've oh, been listening this Robert. year. Uh, we owe him a lot for filling in whenever Neil's gone. Robert has been one of the elite defenders in the league for a long time. So, and uh, so third member. So we couldn't have made it to 100 episodes without him. So thanks to that, Robert. Hey, Robert. And also episode one, Rob from Egan. Was a, a oh. letter writer. He was our, it was our first question of our first mailbag ever. Well, there you go. We go well, way back with Robert. Well, um, yeah, we have lots of uh, mail to get to today. Most of them about our show, but then we have some about the team in general. So let's get right into it. Adam Peterson writes, he is at Lagomite. Um, thank you for your question, Adam. He writes, do you all have an all-time winner for predicted? First of all, Adam has many questions, and that's the thing you can do with our show. That's right. Just cram as many as you can in the Twitter limit. We love questions. right? So uh, do you all have an all-time winner for predicted? Do we have a winner? Um, the short answer is no. The more complicated answer is it's me. Um, so we we haven't we'll kept, some data. Though. We haven't kept an official tally. So yeah, I will help. need to. I'll do some number diving. I'll tweet it. I'll talk about it on the show next week. I'll get the actual numbers. But I know just anecdotally, I know at the end of the season we usually look back at all the predictions and we judge correct or incorrect. And I think that like the last three seasons, I think I was ahead of you all three times. So I'm wow. going to say unofficially it's me, but you know, it won't be the first time I was wrong remembering something. So I'll double check and make sure. But if you were going to be betting money on it, I would bet money on me. 
Adam also writes, which mics do you use? Ah, uh, the question that every podcast host ever has uh-huh. been asked. This is the number one most asked question about to us whenever anyone finds out we have a podcast. <laughs> What's your setup? What mics do you use? Yeah, you can tell who knows uh, gear if they ask you that question. We are using the Audio-Technica 2035 condenser mics. I like them. Um, we have been using them all along. Um, my, the only downfall is they are condenser mics, which means they pick up the whole room. Um, so if you ever so if you he- hear the dog, the yeah, if you ever hear the dog, the if you ever hear the wood floor, I feel like it's a little echoey. That is due to these mics. They sound good. They are good for vocal mics and recording, um, you know, different instruments and stuff. But um, you know, I don't know. I've been toying with maybe getting some directional mics, some just st- straight up stage mics, maybe to do that. But I don't know. I think this show sounds pretty good, and uh, the condenser mics are are good for this and good for my band doing demos and making songs on them and stuff. So pretty happy with the AT twenty thirty five. Guilty. Hands have got no yeah. rhythm. That was about I mean, that was uh, Careless Shabazz is the name of that song. They just make Scott's voice sound so silky. It, you know, it's uh, they could use it could use all the help it can get. Finally, from Adam, he writes, "What's the story of getting on Canis?" Yes, our show was added to Canis Hoopus uh, two years ago. Two correct? years ago, at the beginning of yeah. uh, the first Butler season here, or the yeah. only Butler season, I suppose. Yeah, and basically that happened because I uh, wrote for Canis Hoopus to help them out for um, the Lynx season. Um, and shout out Lynx Dynasty! Every, Lynx. Everyone, go follow Lynx Dynasty. Yes. Things are getting spicy in the WNBA oh, right now. Oh. Is Maya Moore going to be on the Lynx this season? I don't know. Liz Cambage also we're, asking for a trade. We're going to need to have an emergency pod if, if Maya is not coming back this season. Yeah, totally. So yeah, so I read about the the links for uh, for Canis Hoopus, and so that went really well. And then so I just approached uh, editor in chief John Meyer, um, who will be upcoming here in Mailbag, um, about potentially having Wolvescast be a part of the Canis Hoopus crowd, uh, the team over there. And he said sure. So boom, that's Can- how Canis has had a lot of different podcasts over the years, and mm. we're, we're happy to be the Canis podcast because if there's one thing that we do, you know, we don't have a lot of strengths as a Timberwolves podcast, but we show up every week and we recorded episodes so we'll yeah. always be there for you and we've been around for a while all right thanks adam for those questions next one comes from at lap boy lap L- underscore, underscore boy. boy uh he uh, he writes uh what what's your favorite moment on the show uh from the last 100 episodes it's so hard to pick just one. so hard i think the number one best moment was when i beat you at jeopardy this summer. oh one of the long three, time coming one of the three jeopardy we don't have to won. talk about the first two the overall record yeah <laughs> but yeah jeopardy episodes are always fun robert comes in here and puts together a great great game oh and, he crushes it the uh, way he sets up all the categories so well and he brings a little whiteboard and just watching us work our way down it's he's just so, so enthusiastic about jeopardy in general so it's a great uh, jeopardy shows anytime we have guests like uh Britt robson and John Meyer. That was really fun. Episode yep. 66, The Right Fist Swirl. Go check that one out. I like whenever Scott sings. So you just heard a little bit of his amazing vocals and that's always fun whether he you know, impromptu sings or it's part of a sponsor or something like that. I always love that. Uh, yeah, I'm always gonna burst out in the sun. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of cold opens we've done where yeah, we just, I just picked them out. You gotta love you, love you. We've done so much singing on this yeah, pod. It's singer. amazing that people still listen. Um, a very early on episode, I got really deep into the players' horoscopes, Ooh. and I went into like what the horoscopes say about each player, and then also like how horoscopes are compatible or not compatible with other horoscope signs. And I thought that was a, a lot of fun. Just got I went down such a rabbit hole in that. I spent like four hours working on it and it was a lot of fun also one of my favorite things is I watched like an hour long stream of Cat I think this was Cat's rookie season mm. of Cat yeah. and Wiggins they w- 
when they were in LA that. and they stopped by Activision and they did like a live stream on Call of Duty. And I loved breaking down the game film and what it revealed about them because I think it still stands up, which sure. is that they were playing a mission mode. So it's not just a death match who gets the most kills wins. And Counts is all about like doing the objective, getting assists, scoring points for his team, making sure that they're you know, controlling the, you know, capturing the flag or whatever it was, controlling the objective, doing all the little things. And Wiggins only cared about his kill to death ratio. He was just all like about killing points. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's all about scoring points. He's not doing any of the little things. He's only a He only cares about getting his score, his points, and making sure he doesn't die. Getting his kill to death ratio. And it was just funny seeing they both had like completely opposite strategies to this game that I I feel are reflected in their NBA games as well. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. All right. Shay Carr, uh, Shay underscore Carr writes, what is your favorite fake sponsor segment to come up with? Uh, fake? Uh, yeah, we haven't fake. had a fake sponsor yet, fake. actually. Um, this money ain't fake. I'll yeah, tell you that. So, yeah. Uh, sponsors yeah. are all real. Right. The car in my garage ain't fake. Uh, one of my favorite uh, ones was from my buddy Kellen, uh, who's still looking for work. If anyone wants to hire him, check him out. He's a uh, you know he's a radio guy, he's an announcer, he's got a play-by-play guy, he's got a great voice. And the only issue was, and his I get read his demo reel on the podcast twice, uh, two separate seasons, and it's a really great demo reel. But for some reason, he mentions raccoons every once in a while, so it's like weird. come on down to the Target Center, weird. you'll see some great NBA action in a raccoon-free environment. And it's just like, man, you have such a great voice, Kellen. If only Kellen Simpson could somehow not talk about raccoons. I uh, think you'd be employed. I like the sponsors where we come up with Christmas carols. Uh, oh, by the way, Kellen Simpson, episode 59, wearing the vest, aha, if you want to hear yes. that. Yes. Christmas carols, we've done this twice. Uh, first in the episode 34, Jingle Boz Rock. That's example great episode of one title. of the names. Great episode yeah, title. yeah that's, that was one of my favorite ones. So yeah, anytime we do come up with songs, that's fun. Yeah, uh, we just recently did that as well. So if you were enjoying check those, uh, you can check it out. Some of the old ones, <laughs> songs, you know, real hits like "There's No Place Like Home Court for the Holidays," <laughs> things like that. It's great. So check out those. Um, I can't believe the Target Center hasn't actually done this yet. Uh, the Target Center Tap Room, we've done this ad twice, and yet they still haven't, uh, you know, uh, capitalized on the idea and made it more fully a permanent installation at the Target Center. And that is just a tap room with beers that have names that are themed about Timberwolves players. Most importantly, the Terry Porter. <laughs> so. It's a very dark and rich beer. So, uh, Timberwolves, we love beer here. It's a great craft brew city. Just hire, like, you know, Indeed or somebody or Dangerous Man to make you a few beers that you can serve at the arena. Brand them as, you know, Seems the dairy reporter. And yeah. come on, that'll be, you would make so much national news. We'd it makes, buy them. It's stupid. Yeah. Um, and then also the Timberwolves Junk Sale. Oh, I did that's this epi- one while episode I was 31, the Be Elites of Mindset. Uh-huh. If you want yes. to hear that. Uh, Timberwolves Junk Sale was something you did while I was away. You hosted with Roberts and you went through my closet and, uh, Pulled out some of my uh, many numerous uh, Timberwolves jersey collections. Yeah, and this is uh, episode 58, Two Debbies. Check it out because we thought it would be fun to just do it off the cuff. And then that sponsor segment ran like five minutes too long because <laughs> we had no idea how many jerseys you had. It kept going and going. It was like clowns out of a clown car or like, a, uh, uh, what is it, scarves out of a magician's sleeve. Right. Where you're like, where does just this keep end? On coming. And keep on coming. I think we got to like 30 jerseys and there was still like one or two that didn't make the pod. It was absurd. All right, next question comes to us from Lex at. Lex Drury. Shout out to Lex Drury. Lex writes, do you, like myself, find yourself using Wolves cast drops in your common vernacular? Yes. Uh, I.e. anytime someone says, quote, I'm predicting, and I whisper back at them, predict it. Also, Cat's OMG, Tibbs do better, and Ricky's change his face, all in heavy rotation. All right, so let's drop some I'm, more of our I'm favorite so ones here. I'm so happy you asked this. Shout out to Drew Wiggs, man. Right, finally listen. That's one of them. That's a good one. Uh, I'm so happy you asked this because this happens to me so much in my life where I'm saying drops <laughs> and people who don't listen to our pod are like, what are you talking about? My girlfriend says I look good. That's one too. That's another one. Shouts to Drew Wiggs I use a whole lot. One that we don't have on the board anymore is Trey Jones is my man. 
man. Anytime Trey Jones is in the news now with Duke, I'm like, he's my man. What about this one? It's never good when you know you miss shots. When do you think about that one? That is, uh, it's brand new and <laughs> something bad happened. It's it's so so funny though. There's someone at work who doesn't listen to the pod, but I told him about that quote, and now I say it like daily to her. Um, and then like Shabazz is thirsty. He is that. He is, he that. is thirsty, my friend. He is that? No, that is just like <laughs> one sound drop that perfectly encapsulates yeah. a player's career. Everything you need to know about Shabazz is in that one sound drop. He is thirsty. He is that. Okay. So forever, whenever I hear Shabazz for the rest of my life, I will think he is thirsty. (laughs) (laughs) All right. John Meyer, uh, editor-in-chief at The Daily Wolf on Twitter writes, what are some of your favorite episodes? Obviously the ones with you, John. Duh. I feel like whenever we say John's name on the podcast, we should have the Hal go. Editor-in-chief, yeah. John. Uh, yeah, obviously what you're asking is one of our favorites, and we know what you're mining for. So, of course, we'll give it to you. It's all the ones you're on, John. Those are yeah. all of our favorites. And like we all said, Jeopardy. Those are always good. And my Best personal shows. favorite episode ever to record is the Brit episode. Just have Brit in the room with us. He's really cool. I, I had never met him before. I still didn't know John a whole lot at the time. So yeah. having all four of us around the, the table in the old studio, it was just like... It's just hanging. It was definitely the coolest experience I had recording. Yeah. But there's stuff after big milestones. Jimmy Butler trade was really fun. Episode sure. record after the playoffs, that was really fun. After game 82, that was super fun. So if there's something really exciting to talk about, those are also you know highlights. Right. Is, and has any transaction since you started the pod made you cry into your beer? I was at a wedding when Ricky Rubio got traded. Neil texted me right before the... I'd walk down the aisle. It was an open bar that night at the reception. And let me tell you, I you had a beer at the ceremony. No, no, at the reception, open bar. And I drank enough for Ricky and I that night. All right. Uh, at cue card guy writes, is Josh Okogie invited to rising stars? Um, probably. I looked at the numbers today. Uh, there are, you get 10 players on a team and Josh Okogie will be on the international team, which is good. Cause there's way more USA players to contend with. There's a lot. I don't think he would make it if he was born in America, but he was born in Nigeria. So who's um, he going up against? There's six locks as I see it. Uh, ben Simmons, if he wants to play, he, he's the all. He's he'll be in the All Star game, so I don't know if he'll game. want to play in the Rising Stars. But Ben Simmons was on the team last year. Laurie Markinen was on the team last year. Bogdan Bogdanovich was on the team last year. So those three are coming back. I have Luka Doncic as a lock. DeAndre Aiden as a lock as long as he's healthy. And then Shea Gilgis Alexander, uh, the Clippers rookie, as locks. Which leaves us uh, there's seven players remaining for the last four spots. Uh, OG Ananube, uh, really good rotation player player for the Raptors has did not play last year though so who knows Rodion's Kurux is the Nets player who's been playing really well but he's only played in 32 games Mo Bamba, born in the U.S., so I don't think he counts as international, even though his parents are uh, immigrants. Uh, Bam Adebayo was also born in the U.S., but his parents are from different countries, so I think he counts as an American player. And then uh, Frankie Nicolina, uh, the sophomore point guard for the Knicks, who's been playing terrible. He played last year. I don't think he's going to get invited back. Dylan Brooks played last year. Does he get invited back? I don't know. So that And then Okogi. So I think Okogi actually has a really good shot. I would put money on Okogi making it. So he is 12th in minutes among rookies 15th in scoring and 20th in win shares by the way cue card guy also writes after kg any other numbers to retire uh not really maya's 23 not really yeah i think it'll be a Lynx player um we'll see if maya's still on team but i yeah. suggested the only way i could see it. uh i was Augustus. thinking if fred hoiberg comes here and coaches us for 20 years and gets us to a few playoffs maybe we retire his number what is his wolves number uh, 35 i think uh, that's madsen uh, uh i don't know you look it, it up while i talk about this one last thing which is by you know the time that carl uh, anthony towns next contract is over he'll be basically the same age as kg when he left the wolves so he'll have you know he'll probably be in the record books like kg is and so we'll probably want to treat carl anthony towns as 32 like we want to treat kg's 21 so it's a safe assumption that i'm on his current 
current trajectory will probably want to retire Towns' number by the time his next contract. Interesting, you would say that Hoiberg wore thirty-two. <gasps> Perfect. Uh, next Perfect. Question. Timberwolves legends wear thirty-two. Next question comes to us from. Jose Eka de Queraz at J E K de Queraz. That's good Spanish. We have some international fans. Yeah, yeah, we love them. You follow someone who only tweets in French, Timberwolves France, but right. I love it. I love it. Yeah, got to got those international fans. Um, he asked, uh, "What is the worst possible starting five in Wolves history?" No respect for a position. We're not respecting position. We are respecting minutes. If you played for five minutes here and you were terrible, we're not counting you because that defeats the spirit of the question also we have players like anthony randolph who would definitely make the starting five but he didn't play enough minutes so we we put a floor of 2000 minutes played for the wolves franchise neil let's fly through these yeah so we have uh three players from the david Kahn era could, could have easily could, been five but we decided to diversify it. just just the three johnny flynn west oh. johnson and martel webster yikes and then two guys from a little bit earlier in the 2000s um a kg signing basically and mike james you guys only played mike one james? season for us but yet still got 2000 Started like locked. every game, yeah, and then uh, Michael Ola Canty. Ooh, 1998's uh, number one overall pick. Yeah, disgusting trash player. Just uh, that's the Darko spot. We gave it to Ola Candy to make it not all David Conera guys. Yep. And finally, uh, a great name from our final uh, writing in Scott Ryan <laughs> at Scotty two three nine zero. He stole uh, my Twitter handle. I had to be Scotty, Scotty. at two three nine one after uh, he took that. Yeah. But hey, it's cool. He's really good at pickup hoops. He's, he, you know, one. He's really good at. Def- he's like kind of got a little JJ Barea. Like he can defend a big, even yeah. though he's he's small. Oh, he's. He can guard the post despite being like a point guard. And so. he's one of those guys where I'm just like, where does he get this energy? Like, it, we'll be playing our last pickup game of the night, and he'll still beat Spry. us all down court just sprinting. And it's yeah. just like, where does that kind of get up and go come from? I have no idea. Anyway, Scott asks, what do you think happened to Pekovic, and when will our How's Peck live in these days story come out? Yeah, Pekovic, he is, uh, he's going to off the map, but there's been some some reporting, right? Some little, little things pop up here and there about what yeah, he's doing. Yeah, some mafiosos uh, like two mm. years ago, like a year and a half ago, some mafiosos got busted with weapons and like drugs money in a car that was registered to Nikola Pekovic. Okay. So it looks like he took his The Godfather nickname a little too seriously and is now maybe setting up his own mafia family over in Montenegro now. So I know he owns also he owns an Eastern European like minor league basketball team as well. So uh, you know what? Let's just keep an eye on Nikola Pekovic because there could be it could be his post playing career could be more interesting than his playing career. Right? This story's got John Krasinski the athletic written all over it. I think this is coming soon. Maybe this summer maybe early next year something like that or Jonathan Abrams I, I hope I hope it happens <laughs> alright thanks well, everybody for your questions yep and next up we have a weekly segment that if you listen to the last 99 episodes you should know here we go now presenting your weekly wolfie Yes, that's right. It's Weekly Wolfie. It's time for an award that we give out. It's a real award. It's a uh, 6-inch to 12-inch statuette, uh, usually <laughs> made out of a mixture of copper and bronze. It's just beautiful. And, uh, yeah, and we send it out at a great cost to ourselves to ship it anywhere in the world because it can be given to people for good things, bad things, uh, and mediocre things, really any kind of criteria, but it is an award. So uh, I'm going to start it off. Please, Gorgie please. Jane, uh, who nobody uh, nobody puts in a corner, as I've heard. Oh, congrats, Gorgie. He had uh, he is he, he's won before, but this week he's getting another one because after running into the back and having Devin Booker chase him back in the back in that WWE moment, the reporters talked to him afterward and asked him what was going on. Why did he run back into the tunnel? Yeah, we wanted, I want to just exchange jersey with him. 
swap jersey with him. <laughs> That's all I needed. Nothing else. I just wanted to swap jersey with him, but nothing else. Did you, did you see him afterwards, or did you no, not get the chance? I didn't see him. I didn't see him. I didn't get a chance to change jersey with him. But no. Well, maybe that can be arranged somewhere down the line. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> So hilarious. Uh, Gorgie yeah. has always got a super funny, underrated sense of humor, and just him saying the reason he wanted to run back into the tunnel is to swap jerseys with Booker <laughs> is high comedy. That's all he wanted. High comedy. Gorgie. And the Wolves had a nice Photoshop uh, the next day right. of him and Booker. Oh, I, I can't wait. A couple years down the road, when there's cooler heads and no beef, I'm pretty sure Booker and him will take a photo. <laughs> Actually, op. do it. Yeah. yeah, we'll talk about it on the pod, episode 200. Yeah, super funny, Gorgie. All right, my weekly fee goes to uh, SB Nation writer um, by the name of Z2. Zito Madu, Zito Madu, Zito Madu. And he wrote about Derrick Rose and wrote about really just sort of the dialogue around Derrick Rose and sort of the how hard it is and the complications involved, inherently involved in the whole situation with uh, off court struggles of certain players and stuff. And a little excerpt here that I think kind of, uh, you know, uh, really does a good job uh, su- summarizing, summarizing uh, what it's all about. He writes, This is not necessarily a condemnation of Rose or a suggestion that Rose cannot have a life after his rape case. This is a condemnation of a world where those who are tasked with telling the stories of athletes dismiss and erase anything that encroaches on its bubble when given the chance. There's no attempt to deal with these athletes as complex creatures or even the time to let those athletes reflect on what they've done. Um, so yeah, game blouses. How well said? Yeah, How very well said. well said. The piece is great. It's not saying that we have to that Rose will never get a fair shot in life, and he doesn't deserve another shot in life. It's just saying, as the people who tell the story, we have a responsibility to not gloss over that. Tell the whole picture. It's like how people are like, "Oh, R. Kelly's a monster." Now we all know it. Uh, does that mean I can't enjoy the remix to Ignition anymore? And I say. Listen, just gotta know. that's a great song, but yeah. if I play it at trivia, I stop the music and I say, I'm going to play a song, but just know that this person is a monster and this is what he's done. And so now that we've prefaced this with the proper context, here's the remix to Ignition. There you go. So yeah, that piece uh, will be We linked. all know what the R stands for. <laughs> that, uh, that piece will be linked in our show notes, so check that out. Congratulations to our Wolfie winners for this week. Yes. All right. Well, uh, that brings us to the game. Game time. It's a game about our show's history. Ooh. It is just because this is a self-congratulatory episode. The one episode where yes. we talk about ourselves instead look, of talking about the wolves. We'll look inward. We uh, thank you for you know allowing us to have these. Yeah, thanks. This, thanks. this uh, 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 there's a lot of dirty ways to say that you're feeling yourself, but uh, <laughs> I'll let you pick your favorite. One yeah, and not sure. Go there. Yeah. Um, so it's difficult because we played this game on the podcast last night, and Neil did pretty well for himself. All but right. Yeah. I have remixed the questions slightly, well and it's I'm a little well harder. It's a little harder now. So we'll see how you do. Okay. All right, Neil. Question number one. It's, Episode length is a big stickler for you, you know? Ah. I'm always going long. You're always trying to keep it short. I like a tight hour. It's the odd couple. It's a push like and pull. I like a 55 to one hour. It's that push and pull that makes the best partnerships. Question number one, how long is our shortest episode ever? Wow. How long is the shortest show? Non-season previews, I should say. Non- our season previews are like 30 minutes. A little shorter. Summer. Those don't count. Those are mini episodes. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to guess uh, 46 minutes. Mm. Ah. 
Neil, are you too high or are you too low? Uh, I am probably a little too high. That's right. It's 43 minutes. 43! Episode, ah, every single episode's 45 minutes or longer, except for episode four, Jane's Gang. Jane. 43 minutes long. Number four. We've, we've, we've stayed above it. That's All right. right. Number two, how, how long is our longest episode, Neil? What's the longest we've ever gone on an episode? Longest episode, I'm going to see it. I'm going to say it clocks in at like 111. 111. One, <laughs> a little 71, higher. 71. Uh, let me say 75? 75? 75 is correct. That was recent episode, episode 93, Consummate Stocks Guy. So much to talk about. And as so you know, great content. as you probably could have guessed, you are not on that episode. Or else it would never would have gone 70 minutes. <laughs> you and Rob, just such good friends. Yeah, it's hard to yeah. cut. It's all gold. So what do you cut? You yeah, know, that's yeah, the question. Yeah. All right, question three, Neil. Of the five non-season preview episodes that are 70 minutes or longer, how many of those episodes are you on? Of the five non season previews. Yeah. There's uh, of the five episodes that are not season previews that have run seventy minutes or longer, how many were you involved in as a host? Um I think just one. Yes. Correct. Like I said, if Neil's here, we're not hitting 70 minutes. Uh, no. There was one season preview episode that went 70 minutes. John was here. It was this, this season. Can't cut the EIC out. No. You know, you got to let him talk. Yeah, those are different. But uh, yeah, there was only one time that you've been on the epi- a normal episode and it went 70 minutes, Neil. Wow. Uh, I'm the guy who wants to give you more money for your your, your quality. <laughs> so if you're just like, I'm thankful for how much Wolf's Cast I get, that's me. Yeah, guys. Scott. All right. Question four, Neil. What was the first episode that featured Robert as a co-host without you here? First episode was, was in me the, and Robert. It was in the second season, and um, uh, was it the, was it the Debbie? Was it was it two Debbies? It was two Debbies. Do you know the episode title? Six six. Nope. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> 58. You 58. got two Debbies. Ah. You got two Debbies, and that, that's what's most important. We talked about early on, that's the one where you raided your closet. Well, yeah, that's what made me think of it, because yep. like, that was the first time. Yeah, it was just you and Rob. Neil's gone. Let's go through room. his shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so that is yeah episode 58, if you want to listen to that. All right, question five, Neil. Uh, you know the Jeopardy record is two to one. Two to one, me. What is the answer to the final Jeopardy question that I beat you on this year? I'll read the question again for you. Including last year's uniform revamp, the Timberwolves have had five different uniform incarnations. One was from 89 to 96. One was from 96 to 2008. One was from 08 to 2010. One was from 2010 to 2017. And one was last season. And uh, our current uniform for this. Name the player with the highest win shares for each uniform era. So which player had the highest win shares from 89 to 96? Yeah, and I forget what I guessed. But, um, you guessed wrong on this first part. I, I, I guessed wrong from 89 to 96. I think, uh, what did the answer end up being? Was it... Uh, That's the question. What's the answer? Well, uh, uh, was it... I, think, I can't remember if this is the answer if I guessed wrong. Was you it Leitner? Yeah. Yes. You guessed KG, I guessed, I guessed Leitner. Yeah, All right. and I think at the time I didn't realize that like win, you win shares are like are cumulative. Are cumulative. Yep, yeah, yep. so the more seasons matter, because I think I guessed KG. Yep. Uh, 96-08, this should be an easy one. Uh, 96-KG. Correct. We both got that. 08 to 2010. You got this right. I got it wrong. Uh, was it? Wait, what was the dates? 08 to 10. Yep. That's was the Green Tree jersey. Big Al. Uh, that's what I guessed. It uh, is uh, Kevin Love. Oh yeah. All right. Uh, from 2010 to 2017. 2010 to 2017. I got this right. You got it wrong. Oh. Um. I'm, I think I must have guessed Rubio, and it's not. That's so right. it's also Kevin Love. That's correct. Yeah. You guess Rubio, I guess Love. And then finally, uh, last season, who had the most win chairs? Last season, Towns. Yep. 
You guessed butler because once again you didn't understand ah. how wind shears worked. All right, so you did better that time, Neil. You've learned your lessons. Thanks. Thanks right. for giving me the chance to redeem myself. Quick, quick, fu- couple final ones. Neil, how many episodes have you missed? We this is episode one hundred. Uh, how many episodes have you not been on? It's Eleven. I don't know. Thirteen. Thirteen. You missed thirteen percent of our show. Eighty-seven. Eighty-seven. I've been on hundred percent of the show. So really, in thirteen episodes, we'll have another one hundredth anniversary for Neil's one hundredth. Yeah. Thank you. Everyone. Thank you, guys. He had to be fair. He has edited all one hundred. Oh yes. Yeah, I have yeah. not done any of that. He's okay. uploaded all one hundred episodes. I've produced a hundred. He's written the show notes a hundred times. <laughs> yeah. So he's he's still you know involved in our lives. Uh, what percentage of our episodes have th- a three-word title, Neil? Oh boy, uh, forty. It's 38, but you're so close. That's within the margin of error. Yeah. Uh, 38% of our episodes have three-word titles. 27% have two-word titles. 15% have four-word titles. And then six per- six episodes have five-word titles. Four episodes have a one-word title. Um, which brings us to our final question. Our longest title ever, Neil, is eight words. What is it? Um, well, I definitely remember this one. Dying to be loved. Born. Oh, excuse me. Born to be hated. Dying to be loved. Our only episode title to ever hit eight words. Shouts to Rashad McCants. Shadi. Who is a footnote in Timberwolves history, but you'll still see a jersey every time you go to the Target Center because they gave out like thousands of his youth size jersey. So every time I go to the Target Center, I see one McCants. You'll see him. All right. That's All right. It. Thanks well, for that the brings game. us to the end of Boom. episode uh, one zero zero. That's right. A game about our show. We played a hundred games. Actually, I think we played ninety nine games. I think one episode we didn't play a game. But so. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, a lot so, of games. So many games. A lot of most, of them, most of them different and stuff. So that's cool. And a lot of times where we get to this point of the episode where we have to bid you farewell for another oh. week. But don't worry. We've come back 99 times. We're going to come back the 100th time next week for episode 101. We hope you stick around. Whether it's your first time listening to this podcast or you've been here for the whole ride. I don't know how many people have been here for the whole ride. Uh, have you listened to every episode, Neil? Uh, I definitely have. Yeah, well, you, you, you've edited them. I suppose yeah. you have to. But maybe it's like it and Robert and Jared, maybe. But if you've been away with us for the whole time, let us know on Twitter. Maybe we'll give you a... Neil will design a gold star yeah. patch, and you know we can put it on your profile. But we appreciate you. No matter how much time you've spent with us, we appreciate you tuning in. We promise you we got some really fun and exciting stuff coming up for the next 100 episodes you have no idea oh neil you got out of that great question we talked about last night which is what is the thing you've always wanted to do on the pod that we've never done so we talked about that we're gonna do it and uh, maybe maybe we won't talk about maybe we'll just do it you know just do it we'll just do it so thank you to robert for always uh co-hosting whenever we need to thank you to john meyer and canis hoopis for having the show on board and, yeah. and thank you to anyone who's been on this podcast from our wives from the Unforgettable Wives of Wolves cast segment uh, to Britt or John or even the guys you've done interviews with you know yep. for five questions yeah so, so yeah uh, we'll have to do some of those again in the future but All um, right. from me and from Neil and from Crunch the Wolf and I'm pretty sure from Robert as well we want to thank you so much for following us for 100 episodes yeah. and stay tuned we got another 100 in us I can tell thanks everybody this is Tom Thibodeau president of basketball operations for your Minnesota Timberwolves if you've been to a game recently, you've probably heard my voice. Phil! Phil! Scissor! Scissor! Six guys! Six guys! Jesus Christ! People know that I hate losing, and that includes losing my voice. When I need to get back, get back to health, I can't deny, deny that nothing works better than noisy boy maximum strength throat lozenges and cough drops. When you need your throat to feel like ice, ice, you need to stop being soft and go in on Noisy Boy. 
How long? How long? Do you want to wait for relief from inflammation? Go in! Go in! To your nearest store and... Get it! Get it! Run! Don't walk! And deny your sore throat today. Thank you to... Noisy Boy, Maximum Strength, Throat Lozenges, and Cough Drops for their support of Wolf's Cast. I always wondered how Tibbs kept his voice after yelling himself hoarse every night. Now I know. Noisy Boy. And up next, it's time for fan fiction. 